Hello. Hello. Hey, Aaron. Welcome to another Silicon Valley podcast. I'm Kevin. That's Aaron. He already said hello. Oh, hey. And this is season six, episode five of the Silicon Valley Review. So this episode was called Tethics, Tech Ethics. How shocked were you that that's not already a thing? I thought it was. Yeah. I mean... uh, Brilliant. Yeah. Just absolutely brilliant. You know, you had mentioned that one of the firms in the Valley had gotten a request that said, hey, can we consult with you? Can we get some consulting from you guys to talk about things that are uh, that might be relevant for writing these uh, new Silicon Valley episodes? I could definitely see someone coming up with this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I was amazed that there hasn't been this mantra coming out of there. Remember two years ago that after all the harassment issues, a code of conduct came yeah. out and then it got its self into the NVCA forms, yeah. right? Not probably too far from something like well, this being in there. Well, and, and not only that, there are major VC firms that as part of their requirement mm-hmm. for an investment, executives of the portfolio company within 90 days of closing have to go to sort of training, training and then they also have to adopt a, a conduct policy that's been approved by the VC. Yeah. Yeah. So very relevant topic. Okay, so this one's called... Tethics. Uh, let's talk about Russ first, yeah, because he's the best. Yeah. So it kicks off with Mad Max, right? Yeah. And when they showed that commercial that they had done, and it's if you have you seen the second Mad Max? I haven't seen the. Yeah. It is the most intense movie I have ever seen. I saw it three or four years ago. Literally, Aaron, there is about maybe two minutes where there's no heavy metal or just music or sound. I mean, it is an hour and a half, an hour, 50 minutes of just that sounds exactly taxing. so. It was interesting. I'll call it artistic and creative. I don't know that I'd see it again, but it was neat to experience. Would you call it a film rather than a movie? Probably. Yes. I would definitely do that. Indeed. It was a film. So Russ has this whole setup for his Russ Fest, right? Which looks just like a version of Burning Man that makes money. That makes him a ton of that money. That makes him a ton of money, right? like he said. But they went to such great lengths to set up. I knew it had to come back because he goes and pitches it to right. the executive Yeah, they team. weren't just going to drop Russ in the right. beginning and then exactly. not revisit it. And they say no, and then he comes back with a bang at the end. It looks like they're going now, right? So, so Russ is doing his Russ Fest. And it's three days in the desert so far that even Nevada doesn't want to claim it, right? That's what he said. Yeah, it's funny that he's sort of trying to come up with a Burning Man 2.0 because there is definitely a movement among those who frequent Burning Man that, oh, it's just getting too popular and, you know, we need something else or we're not going to go to Burning Man this year. Right. So it's... They need to amp it up one, right? Right. So Russ says that... He doesn't think there's internet in the middle of the desert, but he doesn't know because he's not an archaeologist. Right. <laughs> and then also, did you see the name of Russ's drink? No. It didn't have a name. It was just three apostrophes? No, three commas. Was that three commas? Yes. Yeah, Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Oh, because he's three commas. Yeah. Got it. Yes. Because billionaire. Right. Got it. That's brilliant. Everything he does is trace commas. Okay, trace commas. I think he might have said trace commas in there. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Just brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I love how every character does everything to the nth degree that they can to stay in character or to promote that character. So let's get back to Russ at the very end because it's kind of a main plot line issue. Richard is meeting with the president of AT&T. Yep. Richard said it went really well. He does his goofy little dance. Monica kind of chides him about it. And Richard says that this will save AT&T, I think it's $100 million, on their 5G rollout, right? 
Is AT&T in the middle of a 5G rollout right now, or are they yeah. done with it? No, I think everybody's in the middle of it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, again, very topical. Do you think AT&T paid for that spot or paid for that mention? Probably. I would think so. Yeah. I would think so, because why would they mention AT&T instead of just right. making up a network? Yeah. Hooli Network or exactly, whatever. Yeah. Exactly. And then the fact that it kind of promoted AT&T and their 5G. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Now, we've definitely seen lots of product placement, whether it's Apple you know, computers in there or you know, other things. So let's talk about Gavin for a sec. So in the last episode, Gavin had written his book, Cold Ice Cream and Hot Kisses. Then Gavin went on an anti-tech rant, which got published. And now Gavin is creating his own ethics app, which turns into an institute for ethics. Yes, the Belson Institute, Belson for, Institute ethics. for Ethics. And he's got a code of conduct created by me, which he initially says. Come to find out Gavin stole the entire Not thing. very technical. <laughs> Wasn't very technical. He had taken his code of conduct from things such from places such as Applebee's. Starbucks. Starbucks. There was some um, hemorrhoid cream. Yes. Did you hear what he said when Richard said, do you have hemorrhoids? Not right now. <laughs> Brilliant. So he stole the entire code of conduct. And then Richard thought, well, what else did you steal? So they're at the ribbon cutting ceremony and they've got all these big wigs, you know, executives from the top tech companies. And then Richard finds out that cold ice cream and hot kisses was actually plagiarized version of some other novel right. that some obscure author had written. And Richard invites that author, right? And he's going to disclose that Gavin has stolen everything. He's getting up to speak and he's flipping through his notes, which includes the Applebee's menu. Right. Because it has their values on it. But before he can get there, Gavin cuts him off. Was Gavin? Yeah. And then back to, I mean, why Richard is even there to speak to begin with, you know, in the relationship between Gavin and Richard, it doesn't make sense that Richard would be there, except for the fact that Richard has been on this anti-tethics whole sort of tirade, and it threatens the AT&T relationship with Pied Piper. You're right. You're right. Let's not skip over that. So Richard sees the whole thing as BS, right? right. He, he thinks that Gavin's just BS. Then he uncovers that he had plagiarized everything. So Richard's walking around his office, and one of his employees, Ben, is wearing a hashtag Tethics shirt. Yes. And it's got this real kind of Che Guevara picture yeah. image No, of it's, the, it's the Obama It's the Hope. Obama Hope one. That's yes. it. That's right. With like the um, different colored yeah. background, right? And just like this digitized image of Gavin on it. And <laughs> Richard asks Ben, what are you wearing? And he says, a shirt, yeah. right? And then the other, the female coder behind him kind of gets into it. And they're kind of getting on Richard, like, why haven't you signed it? And he's saying, it's BS. These are all the things that I said a long time ago. And then Ben says, well, if you said it, why aren't you supporting it, right? Yeah. So like a lot of things Richard's prone to do is even his best intentions are being undercut by someone else or by the society, right. you know, by the culture in general. So but yeah, so so they're at that sort of ribbon cutting ceremony where Richard is supposed to talk. I don't understand. I mean, I guess they have to do it this way for the story to work. Having Richard disclose to Gavin beforehand what Richard is going to do, obviously that means that Gavin's going to do something that blows up this plan. So that's the thing. I did not see that coming, right? I did yeah. not see that he was doing it. And the end makes perfect sense. And I thought right. that maybe Gavin was just gone crazy. And right. the rest of the series would be about Gavin going on an anti-tech crusade. But Gavin had this whole thing planned out. Right. In between all that, Aaron, when Richard's kind of on the hot seat because he's not agreeing with the Tethics thing and people wondering why is he anti-ethical that one of the news stories about him calls because he writes this thumb ass. He says anyone who signs the Tethics pledge is a thumb ass. Yeah, I, I don't understand why he thought that was 
Maybe so clever? digital signature, I, maybe, I or because Teth Fix, right? Thumb mass. But uh, someone calls him and <laughs> said, notable holdout and amateur insult comedian <laughs> is what the news story no? said. And it, Richard's constantly trying to explain to everyone it's a right, pun, right? right? It's a play on words. Okay, so Gavin, he's got the ribbon cutting ceremony. We talk about this. He also tells Richard he wants Richard to be there. He tells Richard to wear pants he can kneel in. Because on the website for the Belson Institute of Tethics, there's a bunch of people bowing down to Gavin. He loves himself he so much. He loves himself. And that has not changed and that has, right. has not wavered. So you get to the end of that particular thread. Well, let's come back to that because that's kind of the end of the episode. So let's talk about Dinesh and Gabe. Okay. You know, Dinesh has been setting up this Hawaii thing, right, since episode one of this season. Right. Dinesh is so pumped. And then that really annoying engineer who I wanted to mention, Aaron, in episode four when they were in the meeting when Ethan was was ribbing on uh, on Richard, that engineer was sitting in his chair pants. Remember that thing? Yeah. yeah he would, I, I, I had to go back that. and rewind oh, it to man. see it, but yeah, he was sitting in his chair pants. Pants chair? Chair pants? Sure. Okay. So Gabe is now on the flight, and Gabe's in first class because Gabe told the pilot who's Pakistani, oh, hey, I work with someone who's from Pakistan. Right. And that was Dinesh. And right. So he gives he gives that guy the first class seat. So Dinesh has to be in coach. Well, as they're getting off the plane, Dinesh wants the actual flower lay that the first class passengers are getting. And that gives Dinesh... Dermatitis. Dermatitis. Right? Yeah. Gives him a terrible... Contact dermatitis. Contact dermatitis. Real quick, can we go back to... After Dinesh goes back to economy... Then the flight attendant comes up with homemade samosas that the pilot's mom has made <laughs> yeah. and offers them to Gabe, and he's like, mm, no. no. <laughs> Gabe's character is great. He's just very deadpan, right? He's, there's no emotion. He doesn't He doesn't quite get it. You right. Know? Yeah, that was brilliant, brilliant. Then Dinesh has to go to see the doctor in Hawaii, and so the doctor is telling Dinesh, what's going to happen and what the effects are. And the doctor starts to say, you can't go outside for four to six weeks. Right. Here's Dinesh. He's in Hawaii. Dinesh looks like he's going to say no. Yeah. And the, the new resident just goes ahead and gives Dinesh right. the injection. And so the doctor just looks at him and says, well, that's a teachable moment. <laughs> I thought that was great as if, okay, well, you're screwed. So you can't consent now. Right. But that's a teachable moment, which is, you know, in the medical, we don't do a lot of medical stuff. And I know you don't either, Aaron, but, uh, that's actually a big deal is informed consent, right? Yeah. It's a big, that's a big legal issue. So Dinesh now can't go outside for four to six weeks. Okay, uh, back to another quote that Gavin told Jared is that he once saw a Yeti and forgot about it for two years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Gavin loves himself from Gavin. As Richard is uncovering that Gavin is stealing all of the quotes, they steal one from AARP, yes. right? And Jared makes another reference to his best yeah. friend. He says that my best friend Gloria was a charter member for 35 <laughs> years before she passed. So this goes to the, the conversation we had two episodes ago, which is how old how is Jared? Old? Well, and like we saw his family and his parents and his siblings. They look to be in their 20s, maybe? His siblings, yeah. Late, mid to late 20s? And so I, I, I just can't figure yeah, it out. Yeah, I can't figure it out. But he's got to be... At least 35, this was his best friend before she passed away, and she was a founding member of the yeah. AARP. So Jared is back, and there's this Jared Holden thing going on. And we forgot to mention in the last episode that Holden did something to Ethan, right? Yeah, Holden has has some something over Ethan. And I don't know if it's that Ethan is afraid of Holden, which is— He has a physical threat. I mean, Holden is not does not seem to be an imposing right. figure. Does he have some sort of dirt right. on Ethan? 
But yeah, so Holden is really looking out. Like Holden is re- really taking this assistant to Richard position very uh, thoughtfully. I believe it's called chief of staff. Chief of, is that what he is? Okay. Chief of staff. Okay. Yeah. So he's the chief of one staff, right? Yes. But Jared wants back in, right? He wants back in the inner circle. So he's just going to kill Holden with kindness. Yeah. And Holden's there washing that coffee mug. And Jared says, oh boy, to be that coffee mug, right? Because Holden's caressing this right. coffee mug. is kind of a goofy point. So you've got this Holden Jared thing going on, and you know there's only I think three episodes left, and so we have to start to resolve some of these things. I mean, they have to wrap some of this stuff up. So be curious to see what's going to happen there. My guess is that something's going to happen to Holden. We'll end with Jared at, at Richard's side. Right. Okay. So jumping back to the uh, just another point I want to bring up: the Native American was speaking at the groundbreaking ceremony. Uh-huh. So he was speaking in his native dialect, which. Right. No one seemed to understand. It was very confused. Yeah, they applause. didn't even have like a translator. I mean, <laughs> I know, you would think they're like. That's it, exactly right. Yeah. And it's not like Gavin got up there to reinforce the points or something. He just said, thank you yes. for doing that. So just Gavin's reach and connections and network and then his creativity or his craziness just, I feel like, is unbounded. Another sort of unrelated but humorous point. Can we talk about at the beginning of the episode with pet child support? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so the, the other engineer is chiding Ben, right? right. That he hasn't, he's behind by three months on child support yes. for his pet. Right. This is a thing in Silicon Valley. I'm certain I, of it. I mean, I pay for pet insurance. Right. So, yeah, I'm it's, certain it's of a it, thing. Yeah. Why was Monica dressed like Princess Leia? Okay, so she's trying to connect with the other colors, Okay. right? So, Guilfoyle has gone and he's social engineered his way. He's high fiving them, he's sharing a conversation as they're trying to get their scores up, right? A they're, little, they're Piper Pulse. They're Piper Pulse, because Tracy said their Piper Pulse's score is very low. Now, if you recall, Guilfoyle had a 9.9 on Acumen, yes. which he said was all 10s, yes. and Dinesh. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was great. So they got to get their Piper Pulse, their um, personality or whatever that particular category was, is very low. Yeah. I think I, Guilfoyle was a 1.5 and he was a, and uh, Monica was a 2. Mm-hmm. So Monica's having a hard time connecting with the engineer. So to try and connect, she puts her hair like Princess Leia. Okay. Right? I couldn't figure out why she had makes yeah, yeah. Okay. And But so they actually just figure out a way to just rig the system, right? Yeah. And then lower Tracy's right. score. Yeah. Guilfoyle so, so, social engineers it to, to figure out what people's passwords are and go change their scores. So they change their scores. So then what is Tracy's response? Rather than trying to get her own score up, which is now artificially low, she just says it's a bad system. Yep, yep. the system's flawed. We're gonna didn't and, work. And, and, and Monica and Guilfoyle offer to go look at it, right. see if they can help. And she says, no, 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 we'll just Don't shut it down. down. We'll just shut it down. So they've resolved that point. Okay, so back to the main plot line. Gavin had actually done this whole Tethics campaign to culminate in him at his groundbreaking ceremony to reveal that he had done a bunch of bad stuff at Hooli and that. He is calling on the AG to do an investigation into himself, right. right, for all the things he did. And it turns out that this is just a plot for basically Gavin to get Hooli back. Yeah. He's, he's going to basically drive Pied Piper, now the owner of Hooli, into such a hole that Gavin has the money himself individually to go buy he's the He's a billionaire. Yeah. You know, and they reestablished that earlier in the episode. And Richard says, what are you doing here? You're a billionaire. Right. So they kind of leave these hints to help you tie everything together. So this was just a brilliant ploy. And no one is more impressed by this plot 
to recapture Hooli than Ron. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You got to separate the artist from the art. <laughs> That's right. He was so impressed by what Gavin has engineered here to get the company back. Now, Ron tells Richard, hey, there's going to be an injunction. Yeah. Right? And so Richard asks, what's an injunction? And Ron describes it as you just can no longer mix the Hooli chocolate with the Pied Piper peanut butter. And Richard says, we're already in the process of a merger. We're, you know, we're bringing in resources. We're merging accounts. Merging, we're merging the customers. We're merging the code. Bringing staff over. And Ron says, just unmerge them. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a terribly cavalier uh, yes. response to everything that he's having to go through. Well, especially in the context of a big merger like that, there are entire teams that are just dedicated to post-merger integration of the two companies. It years. Yeah. Years. I mean, that's that. the the American Airlines U.S. Airways merger. Right. That took years to finally implement. So you know, on a macro level, I mean, what Gavin has done is cost Richard a ton of time, a ton of money. Richard is now knee deep into this Hawaii experiment or Hawaii beta test, which is using all Huli technology. And now the AG's office is coming down and say you have to stop immediately. Right. So that ends up being a blessing in disguise for Dinesh, yeah. right? Because now Dinesh can leave Hawaii. Although he still seemed upset. Well, I think he was acting like that, so Richard would think he's upset. Okay. And what Dinesh was um, FaceTiming or somehow video chatting with Gabe while Gabe yeah. was scuba diving, Just right? Turned off the screen. He had turned off the screen. So we got to get some way for Richard to get out of this, and this gets reconciled very, very quickly by Russ coming by. So first of all, so Russ comes up in his monster truck that says Hunger on it. looks just like one of the Mad Max trucks. So great. And he's wearing a jacket. Did you read what the jacket said? Didn't it say brave? brave? It said brave, okay. except the, v- the, way, the, the way that it's based out the letters, he had four spots for yeah. five letters. It was B, R, A, and then a V, E smashed yeah. together right, yeah. to make it fit into the four. So it turns out that Russ has dirt on the California Attorney General because someone had done these horrible crimes. Right. That he shows Richard the pictures of. Richard says, oh, my God, I don't want to see these things. These are so terrible. Who knows what these crimes are? And that someone had paid off the AG to not prosecute it by contributing to the AG's campaign. And then Richard looks closely in the picture and says, wait, Russ, isn't that you? And yeah. Russ is like, yeah, and look, here's a panoramic view. Here's portrait mode. Portrait mode, yeah. So Russ is going to save the day by calling the AG's office and getting the AG to undo the injunction. In exchange, they're going to cancel the Hawaii beta test and we're going to do our internet at rust fest yeah great i can't wait to see that means they're gonna have to do whole scenes yeah. on rust fest so you know this is the first time aaron in a long time that i'm actually anticipating right. the following episodes i watched these pretty much back to back and i was very excited that i had two to get into circling back to the whole california ag investigation can we talk about some of the legal issues because the acquisition of Hooli by pied piper if it was an asset sale there should theoretically not be any liability for Pied Piper as the acquirer. Yeah, I think we're probably out of our individual realms here, yeah. right, With on the litigation side. But if an investigation were launched into the founder of a previous company, even if you could establish that other executives in that company knew these things were going on, I'm not quite sure how that would affect the purchaser. Right, because the entity liability... If you're just acquiring the assets, that you don't acquire the, but now the let's, liability. Let's say that the assets included software. I'm sure it did. And that software was stolen. Right. right? And it's uncovered that they stole the software from some company in you know, overseas. And that company can establish that that was its software and Huli did steal it. So what would that company's recourse be against 
against Hooley and then against Richard. Right. Against uh, Pied Piper. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, the recourse would be against Hooley, assuming Hooley doesn't have the resources. If you uh, just bought the assets, then you're not right. buying the liabilities. Well, and then let's talk about either the asset purchase agreement or the merger well, agreement or whatever. Let, okay. I want to, before we get there, let me take a step back. So let's assume that Pied Piper did buy the code. Right. And it says here, we're buying the code. And now Hooley's going to make representations when they buy the code. It says, we own all of the code. We have the right to sell it to you. Yes. Okay. You pick it up from here. Well, there would be indemnification language right. that if they don't, then Hooley is going to indemnify Pied Piper for any you know legal recourse that might arise from the rep not being accurate. And then also, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, the whole concept of an escrow or a holdback. Right. And you would think that- So let's say that the company overseas was able to establish that this was $30 million in damages. What should happen is Hooley should pay back that $30 million to either that company to get the claim to go away, right. or if that company sued Pied Piper, right. Hooley pay the money Pied Piper, Pied Piper pay it. Right. Most likely what would happen in a transaction like this, first of all, there would have been so much due diligence done on the code. Yeah, that the, the, the deal wouldn't have actually happened would happen. in a couple of hours. Right. <laughs> Two, most likely both parties have rep and warranty insurance. Yep. And the insurance companies would be dealing right. with this. So this makes for a neat story, actually impossible to happen. And it's, it's theater, right? right? A lot of this stuff is. Right. But I think on the legal side, if you're thinking through that, there are, like you mentioned, there are several steps or links there in a chain which could establish that ownership was improperly or properly transferred at some point. Well, and if Yavin is the bad actor here, I mean, you would think that DNO insurance would cover? Yeah, so let's just say that Gavin had been lying. He lied to everyone. No one knew about this, right? right? I mean, Gavin would go to prison. This is an Enron-type deal. You know, people bought the assets of Enron after it went bankrupt. None of those companies got, I don't think, got dinged by the U.S. Justice Department, right? right? right. So Gavin would most likely have to pay a fine and go to jail. I don't see Hooley actually be unwound. I could see an injunction. Yeah. That would make sense to me just to put a stop on things. Right. While we we look at it, let's 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 hold off off on everything. So, okay. So, you know, good way to wrap that up. So that wraps up our review of episode five. Of Silicon Valley. Again, we're in season six, episode five. There's only a handful of episodes left, so curious to see how they resolve everything. So we'll wrap that up. Appreciate you listening to the podcast. Make sure you check out our other podcasts, not just the Silicon Valley Review, but we've got a bunch of them on our website. That's www.velawoodlaw.com. Click on resources and then podcasts, or check us out on Apple Podcasts. You can just do a search for Vela Wood and see all of our startup-related podcasts. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening in. We'll talk to you next time. And remember, please rate and review us. Five stars only. Only. Take care. Bye. The Velawood podcasts are recorded in our Dallas office in Mockingbird Station. You can find all of our podcasts, including Office Hours, Three Things, and Silicon Valley Review on the iTunes Store. For questions, comments, or suggestions, email us at podcasts at